Welcome back to episode 85 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a very uh, interesting subject that's really not discussed much. I don't hear it talked about too much. And it's one of the main things that drives our life. And that's fear and our addiction to fear. And fear as a control mechanism. I really make it a point to pay attention to anything that I consume, that I listen to, that I read, that I study, even if it's just for entertainment purposes or just something that I'm pulling up on YouTube. I I pay attention to what's in front of me and to what I'm consuming, even at a very simple base level. And if you pay attention, you're going to notice that what's being perpetuated upon us at every level on the media and the news is fear. And I know I bring this up a lot in my podcast, but it's something that you really can't, you know, cover enough because it's, it's really hurting us. And to a very large degree, people uh, are not able to live their lives and conduct their lives in a way that's glorifying to God in a way that's glorifying to themselves and self-realizing to themselves because they're predicating their whole life and their whole life is being controlled by this fear mechanism. And this mechanism comes across to us on the news, in the music that we listen to, how, you know, one day sugar is good for you and the next day sugar is bad, coffee is good, coffee is bad. And, you know, it's something that if you really don't pay attention to it, it's going to put these little seeds of fear in you so that you get triggered when certain words are spoken or when certain images are portrayed to you, you're going to look and see an image of whatever it may be. And it's just going to cause some type of fear in you. Like you'll see a Middle Eastern person and you're going to think of associate that with terrorism, which is bullshit, of course. Or people, you know, anybody can potentially be a terrorist and you can't make that judgment on a person just by the way they look, regardless of what the media is telling us. But they have these triggers out there. You know, you see a guy with a really fancy car and automatically you're going to get triggered and saying, hey, you know, I, I wish that I had that car. Now I'm depressed because I don't have it. And that's another trigger. It's, it's a control of your emotion it, and it puts you in a state of unease and a state of not being in control, not being fulfilled with your life. So you have to, again, really pay attention to this. And really what lies underneath this is the ego. The ego Again, it is necessary because we are not automatons, we're not robots. I mean, we're going to have emotion and we're going to have ego and we're going to have this image of who we are and how we portray ourselves to the world, which is understandable. Everybody, you know, it's, it's good to have a healthy degree of ego, but the type of ego is that I'm talking about is that toxic ego that needs to be constantly fed and needs to be constantly validated and needs to constantly feel like it's relevant. And when I talk about the ego, it almost sounds like I'm talking about a person other than yourself. And in a way it is, in a way the ego kind of plays the part of, I don't want to say the collective unconscious, I don't want to go call Jung on you, but it's not of you because it's a negative force that is telling you to not look within yourself, but to look without yourself for this, for the feedback and to gauge where you're at. In other words, you know, your ego is going to tell you your shoes are not shiny enough. Why? 
because, you know, the people in the room, they got shinier shoes than you. It's constantly putting you in a position to be competing with external forces and people and situations outside of yourself. So the ego really, that type of toxic ego is, is the enemy. We need to be looking within ourselves for, for these uh, validations and l the relevance that we seek is going to be found within us, not from without ourselves. That's why this fear mechanism really is in a position that it has. A, it is a control mechanism over us, because the people that run this world, that run the media, and we all, you know, we don't have to go that down that rabbit hole. But the people that are in control say to themselves, you know, we have a free thinking man here. We have a, a free thinking population. People living day to day and going through the activities. What's the easiest way for us to get to them? And the easiest way is through the control mechanism of fear. And again, fear, and that's entangled in with the ego, which, like I said, it causes us not to look to, within us, but to look from without for its stimulus and for gauging, you know, where we are in life and how we should be conducting ourselves. So it gets real, it gets really, really psychological and such, but we really shouldn't be living our lives in a psychological way, but we should be living them in a fulfilled spiritual way. Looking, like I said, like, and I keep repeating looking with them, but that's really what it's all about. For those of you, you know, that's why title of the uh, podcast is Alpha Male Buddhist, because, you know, the Buddhist uh, teachings are really, really, they've helped me profoundly. And I know a lot of people have gotten really benefited from from these spiritual teachings, you know, from the East or wherever they may come from. And I just mentioned the name Carl Jung, and he's the guy that got into all of these archetypes. Uh, he, he's pretty profound too. Another author is Joseph Campbell, a uh, book, Masks of God. I, f I read that when I was like 15. Really profound book. So you need to do a lot of research in life because, you know, you're not going to get the answers or you're not going to move forward and, and grow as an individual and be self-fulfilled by watching, you know, uh, America's Got Talent, you know. You have to make an investment in yourself. I'm Like I said, lately I've been finding some pretty cool um, YouTube channels, uh, you know, that uh, bring a lot of truth forth and have been really growing a lot. Recently I've put aside a lot of the channels that I've been watching, like a lot of these conspiracy channels and a lot of these economic collapse channels and a lot of these people spouting a lot of the fear porn. Yes, it's true. Uh, a lot of what they're proposing is, is truth and, and they're speaking truth, but it's not really edifying my soul. It's not feeding my soul and fulfilling me. So I'm starting to, like I said, I started getting, and I know it's going to sound funny, but uh, I've been getting into vintage watches. Nothing expensive like the old Seikos and stuff like that, old Russian watches and uh, old Japanese watches with quartz movements. You know, it's been about two weeks I've been getting into watches. But one of the reasons I do that is, like I said, I, I'm in a position where I love to learn how to learn. So I'm constantly teaching myself new things. And oddly enough, there's something about a watch, the expression of a watch, that kind of transcends just a watch being an instrument of measuring time. But it actually is, for a man, it's jewelry, it's fashion, it is, you know, it does keep you 
It has a function of keeping you running on time. It has history to it. It has mechanisms and mechanics to it. It has technology enveloped in it. There's just something something about a watch that, you know, you can get an old rusty watch or a beat up watch and you polish it up and you may have paid, you know, 40 bucks for the watch and you find out that it's an old Omega I-25-8 or whatever the name is and it's really worth, you know, 1200 bucks. But the metaphor of the watch, it's, it, to me, it, it's, it's pretty deep and profound. You know, if you go on the internet, you'll find a lot of these forums about watches. I'm on a couple of forums right now. Not as Alpha Male Buddhist, I'm on as a different name. But it, yeah, it's a new hobby that I'm following, and I'm really, I'm really liking it. And it's, it's a, I believe it's a good path because you constantly need to be evolving and growing as a person, as an individual, and as a sentient being. You know, providing stimulus to your, to your mind by learning about new topics and new subjects. It's really, really important because if you just stay in the same thing over and over again. It's kind of boring. That's why sometimes I'll throw up a battle rap episode or something like that just to kind of throw the brain a curveball, and it needs that once in a while. You know, you need, you know, you need to go to a different restaurant sometimes or a different park or just walk down a different street just to shake the rust off, you know. Now, back on the subject of fear, Uh, I once heard a a speaker. I don't know how legitimate he is. The guy kind of makes sense. I listened to him years ago, Michael Tessarian. And he gets into like archons and how they feed off of fear. There's another thing called the watchers. Like they just watch us. Like a lot of different entities. And some of you guys may think that this is, um, you know, gobbledygook or they, you know, hear it as being woo-woo. But there's, there's entities and things out there that people people are not aware of their existence. And anyway, to get back to what I was saying, a lot of these negative entities, they feed on fear. You know, it's something that it it the energy that you give off when you're in a state of fear, uh, they feed on it, and that's a lot of what we're seeing happening right now. When you when you're in a state of fear, you can't think clearly, you can't make sound judgments. Like I said, you're easily manipulated, and you are in a position where you kind of stop doing things the way you normally would, the way you would normally live a natural, normal life. You know, you get into that protection mode. You get into that fear of flight mode where you just are really no longer living a natural life. And you just become a battery for this matrix system. Kind of like in the movie The Matrix, how people were basically just batteries for the matrix system. And I'll tell you, there's a lot to that matrix movie if you watch it and dissect it. It kind of gives you a little peek behind the veil, behind the curtain. Like in the Wizard of Oz, you know? From what I could see, a lot of these uh, negative entities, they actually scan the grids to see who's emitting a lot of this fear energy, this chi energy, so that they can, this yin energy, so they can feed off of it. So it's really something that you have to consider. And you have to be in control of your own emotions, of your own thoughts, and of your own state of mind at all times. Yeah, you're going to slip into moments where, you know, you might feel a little fear or concern or a little preoccupied of your bills, whatever. That's a natural thing. But you have to keep it in check and you have to really understand the role that the ego plays in fear, you know, because the ego loves fear and the ego feeds off of fear. And to kind of ADD off the way I do sometimes and go on to a different subject, 
that's one of the reasons why I really love the Tao Te Ching. Um, I do have it in some of my early episodes. I don't have the episode number in front of me. But you can you can hear the Tao anywhere on YouTube. I do give some good breakdowns of the Tao. And one of the reasons the Tao speaks to me at such a deep level is that it really explains nothing to you and it explains everything to you at the same time. And it's kind of like that prototypical, you know, you can give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Or you can teach him how to fish and he'll eat and he'll feed himself forever. And that's kind of like the way the Tao is. Because it doesn't it doesn't uh, tell you anything. It just kind of whispers a few suggestions to you and says, hey, you know, consider this and consider this and consider this over here. And you need to be in a position to be able to piece that together and click. The funny thing about the Tao is either you get it or you don't. I notice like really most people just don't get, they don't understand the Tao. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'll hit you with a verse. I know I've, I've probably said this verse 50 times on this podcast. I don't know, but I'm going to repeat it again uh, to see if you get it or not. But it's it's chapter 11 of the Tao, chapter 11. And it goes like this. 30 spokes connect at one hub. What is not there makes the wheel useful. Clay is formed into a vase. What is not there makes the vase useful. Windows and doors are cut from a room. What is not there makes the room useful. Learn to make use of what is by using that which isn't. A lot of people hear that and they go, oh, cool, you know, a vase, a room. But when you look at it, what it actually is representing is that the void is infinite potential. You know, if you have a room with no windows or doors, it's useless. And what gives that space inside utility is the void that gives you access to that room for the utility of it. It's the void. The concept of the void in the West is very amorphous, very shadowy, understood, kind of woo-woo-y, like, oh, what is he talking about, the void? How can that be? But again, the void is infinite potential. Very, very Taoist concept. Really, if you want to delve a little bit deeper and kind of really reach down because the spiritual spiritualism and the buddhism is really really good and it, it feeds you but the Tao gets to the mystery of it it gets kind of like it's like a again i keep using the term toolbox but the Tao de ching is really a toolbox for life man and, and for understanding the self and understanding how to integrate with the world within you and the world outside of yourself Taoism is just so deep and so profound uh just the everything and there's certain verses and certain chapters of the Tao that like every time you read them it's kind of like you read it for the first time you just kind of feel your brain kind of kind of explode a little bit you know that effect in the brain the Tao is amazing and another book that I kind of get into but on a different level is the book of five rings Marumoto Matsushitu Marimoto Matsushitu, I believe it's pronounced. He was a samurai, uh, the greatest samurai ever, I guess, from the 1600s in feudal Japan. And he wrote a book called The Book of Five Rings. I talk about it in some of my prior episodes, but you, YouTube him. You know, The Book of Five Rings, it's, uh, it's on YouTube. You can listen to it. And it kind of hits you from a different level. The, the Book of Five Rings really is kind of like a business strategy book or a life strategy book. That kind of fortifies your bones and puts you in a strategic uh, mode of thinking, you know, like a strategy book. 
which which is really what it is. Like the Japanese, they would call samurai fighters, they would call strategists, not fighters. So when you combine the, uh, you know, the Tao Te Ching and the Book of Five Rings, and then you can get to, into the Upanishads, which is Indian Vedic teachings. You can get into the Bhagavad Gita. You can get into the Art of War. The Art of War is kind of cool. It's kind of a kind of a one dimension. To me, it's a little bit in the sense one dimensional in that it just kind of breaks down military stuff with numbers and such. But there's this stuff to be gleaned from the uh, from the Art of War. To you know that Sun Tzu. But there's really, really good books out there that you can uh, get some knowledge from. Another one, an oddball, curveball book I can give you is Carlos Castaneda's Separate Reality. His first book is Yaqui Way of Knowledge, which is good. But I really did get a lot out of that book, A, a Separate Reality. Pretty, pretty profound. So you got to read the right stuff, man. You can get, you can listen to pretty much everything that I'm telling you now on YouTube if you execute a proper search in YouTube, you'll be able to get like audiobook versions of, of a lot of what I'm telling you here. So let's get back into it. So back back to this fear control mechanism. They have this saying which is order out of chaos. And that's exactly what's happening right now with all the wars that we have going on in Syria, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, now Venezuela. Today is uh, January 25th, 2019. You know, there's a lot of shit going on in Venezuela right now. And I could pretty much already see it coming that there's going to be some kind of war over there. Venezuela, we got to pray for our brothers and sisters over there in Venezuela too. Because they're going through some real struggle, man. They're picking chicken bones out of the garbage to eat. While the upper class over there are just feasting, um, you know, on, on steak and shrimp and lobster and they, you know, whatever they don't finish, they throw it in the garbage. And the, and the poor people come and just pick the bones out of the garbage cans. It's really, really sad, man. So, this is the world that we live in today. But they uh, live by this uh, saying, which is uh, order out of chaos. Order up KO, I believe it is. Even look at the, even look at the back of a dollar bill. The back part with the pyramid. There's so much symbology built into that. You know, that whole new world order and such. And for those of you that think this is a joke, <laughs> people were thinking it was a joke a few years ago, and now it's all being, you know, coming and manifesting to the forefront. It's not that much of a joke right now. If you see what's going on in Paris and all over the world right now, this it's, it's really something that you have to open up your eyes and see what's going on around you. The other thing about this now is that we really don't have control over these external forces and what they're doing and this murderous military murder system that's in place which our tax dollars are paying for we have no control over it but what we do have control is over ourselves that's why it's important to meditate to go to the gym to work out and not to work out to be a big, you know, muscle head or whatever. I mean, if that's your thing and you want to do it, then go for it. It's great. But just for a health and balance purpose, you know, the the balance of the mind, body, and spirit. You know, you go to the gym and take care of your body. You feel better. You know, try to, you know, meter and measure, you know, your intake of of uh, alcohol or uh, whatever, you know, if you're a cannabis consumer or whatever, kind of do everything in moderation or not at all. I mean, if that's your thing, just kind of just take care of your body. Like I said, go to the gym, keep yourself stimulated, you know, read the right type of books, 
avoid, you know, all of the negative external forces, especially the mainstream media and the shit that they're putting over the television and the news. Just avoid that altogether. I mean, if you got your little shows that you enjoy on Netflix or whatever, there's these different shows that people... Don't watch that Bird Box. I think it's called Bird Box. It's shit. People are getting blindfolded. It's, it's a real metaphor for life. You know, if you take the blindfold off, you commit suicide because you see what's going on. There's some real mind control. There's some real Edward Bernays type mind control shit going on there. And that's another guy you want to look up is Edward Bernays. Did a couple of episodes on him. He's the father of, I guess you can call it public re- public relations, which is modern day marketing for people not to buy what they need, but buy what they want. But I digress on a different subject. Take care of the body, physical, mental, you know, do things that kind of enable you and allow you to stimulate the thought processes in your head. Because, you know, we are organic beings and we are meant to be really enjoying our lives and not being curled up in a little fetal position, you know, with our, you know, sucking our thumb, you know saying, please let me just have my steel-belted radios and leave me alone. No, that's not, that's from the movie network for those of you older people. You know, a little inside joke there. We're, you know, have to be fulfilled. Again, that's where the meditation comes in. I've been finding myself lately really getting deeper into my meditation. And man, it makes such a difference. It really, really makes such a difference. It's like, I guess the easiest way to put it is it, it connects all the dots for you. When you're in a situation where you're going deep into your meditation and you're doing it really well and you're kind of consistent with it and your deep breathing, of course, you know, we we spoke about breathing deeply all the time. Cancer cannot live in an oxygen rich environment. So it's good to always constantly just breathe deeply randomly during the course of the day. When you're aware of it, just sit there and take 10 deep breaths or five deep breaths when you're driving when you're walking around, just breathe in deeply through your nose, deeply and slowly and fill your lungs to full capacity and exhale it. These are the things that you need to do. But back back to the point, man, I jump around a lot. The meditation is really helping. So I find myself, I'll be at work or, or, or in a stressful situation, something going on. And I, it's almost like I'm taking a step back and seeing these events unfold in front of me, like I'm watching a movie and I say to myself, wow, you know, there's, you know, you know, it's interesting how these things are unfolding, but I don't get stressed out. I just see them as events, but not as stress generating, you know, you know, heartbeat elevating type of situations. I just see it for what it is in front of me. And I kind of am clear minded and I'm able to go through my day. I have a very stressful job, what I do for a living. So I, I encounter a lot of situations where I, I can see the stress building up in the room and people around me and the situations that are unfolding. And the meditation is a real key to helping me with that. And I've been getting better and better at that meditation and the deep breathing. And again, meditation is not just that, you know, when you sit up at nighttime, one silence in a room, I mean, you can have a meditation, a waking practice meditation, like if you're you know, assembling, you know, a couch, you know, and you just make, you know, you just blank everything out and you assemble that couch, but make it a meditation. Like I said, there was a book called Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Came out, I think, in the 80s. And how the guy gets into how he's, you know, doing maintenance on his motorcycle and changing the oil and the filter. And it's a very Zen kind of approach to things, you know, when you just kind of 
make it a devotion, make it a dedication where you're just absorbed and become one with whatever you're doing. It's kind of, kind of deep, man, kind of Taoist. And as I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before, you know, my background, I do some computer programming, developing, I write a little bit of code and I kind of equate a lot of life the way it goes through and, and, and the mechanism that they're putting at us. And it's to the point, like almost like the matrix where I see the code being executed, the code that they're putting out there for us. And, you know, you the, the trick here is to kind of hack that code and see what's, you know, they're putting out there for you. And the reason you got to hack it is because it's all kind of undercover. It's all kind of not in plain sight for you to understand, but it's kind of hidden and occultish, you know, as it's being put out there for us. So it's putting out there as a, as a song, as a movie, as a television series. But there's a lot of code and there's a lot of control mechanism written within that and kind of like the Matrix. So you have to kind of hack that code and see exactly what's being put up for your consumption. And as in all things, everything that has a good side to it, has a positive side to it, has a negative negative side to it. So the negative energy that they're putting out there for us to consume, if it's played right, you can actually turn that negative energy that's being put out there to you as a positive. And I believe I said it in one of my last episodes, when you see everybody going right, get your toolbox together and find out how you're going to make money going left. Kind of like with the Bitcoin. So, and I don't just mean make money, financial money, but I mean uh, having a deeper understanding of the direction that you're going in. Like everything, like I said, everything is dualistic. Everything is positive and negative. And anything that's put out there to you that has a highly positive side to it is going to have a negative side to it. And I guess an easy way of doing it is you might have a guy that's walking and he drops a $100 bill, he loses it, and you get another guy that finds that $100 bill. So the guy that loses the bill is sad and the guy that finds it is happy. Kind of simplistic way of putting it, kind of like the law of karma type of deal. But every every force out there, every positive has a negative, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, Newton, I believe, said that. And, and you know, in the hermetic principles and such, it, they uh, discuss that. So, yeah, learn how to hack these codes and understand that everything they're putting out there for you, it's almost like they're, they're throwing uh, a baseball at you, and if you know what's coming at you, you can knock it out of the park or strike out. So it's all a matter of how you hack that code. So it's, there's really a lot that we have to deal with. we got to deal with the ego. We have to deal with this fear control mechanism we have to deal with elevating our higher self within us with meditation, with the deep breathing, with the thought, thoughtfulness, mindfulness, and making, you know, just day-to-day things in our lives that we do repetitive, make them a devotion, like maybe, you know, changing a tire on the car or changing batteries in, you know, your flashlight, you know, just make it a devotion, put your mind to it, understand that you have infinite potential from within yourself. You know, do the right thinking, the right speech, the right action. And, you know, whoever, you know, you, if you follow Jesus, if you are a student of Buddha, if you're a student of the Tao, you know, get into your into your reading, into your meditation. And if you're a Christian, you know, whatever, whatever you do, you know, make sure you get into the gym and 
get, you know, some bench pressing in and do some, you know, curls and, you know, get a little exercising done. Get on that, that bike or that spin bike. They're pretty cool. I just picked one up. And make it a point of, you know, making a balance between mind and body and spirit so that you're a complete, functioning, happy, self-realized person, you know. And that's really what it's all about, you know. Try to take this uh, energy, this negative energy that they're projecting against us and use it to our own advantage. And the way we do that is by first realizing that they're trying to do this to us. They're trying to have us look at the left hand while they're hitting, smacking us with the right hand. So if you know that right hand is coming, you you know how to do your counter, you know. Or if that curveball's coming, you know how to knock it out of the park, metaphorically, you know. Knowledge is power, you know. So if you are aware of what's going on and you are able to hack these codes that are coming at us and see them as they come at us, it's almost like you see it coming in slow motion. Then you're filled with that knowledge and that understanding of what you need to do to just be aware of this. Like I said, we're not going to, you know, turn the system over or there's nothing we can do to stop the wars that are going on and the hate and this brainwashing that's going on right now with these identity politics. It's, this is all ridiculous shit that's going on, man. They're moving us further and further away from the self and the way we used to be and more into this brainwashed, leftist, liberal, and I don't want to get all political, but just all of this hate culture that we have. They're pitting men against women, uh, gender against gender, race against race. You know, he's built, Trump's building a wall, and that's good. Trump's building a wall, it's bad. Uh, you know, and we have these college college students that are like sixty thousand dollars in debt, and they're working at Target. That's what a real problem. They should wipe that debt out. The government, I think, has been shut down now because there's no money to run the government. But it's all bullshit. They can take they can take the government and shove it up their ass. I'm sorry because they don't do anything for us. The only elements of government that we really need are those that maintain the day to day operations, keep the trains running. And, you know, let's, you know, let's keep the people healthy and, you know, the the main things that we really need to have. But government has become something that they just are consuming all of our money. They're oppressing us. They are controlling us and they're watching and listening. I know, you know, they listen to everything that we do. Your, your Amazon uh, Alexa is listening to you. Your iPhone's listening to you. So if you talk about a boat, you're going to get commercials for a boat in your email. I mean, whoever's listening that's got ears to listen, you know I'm speaking the truth. But anyway, I'm on a tilted rant over here all over the place like like I always do. So listen, I want to thank you very much for listening. The podcast is actually doing pretty well. I'm, I'm getting a lot of listens, again, from all over the world. I'd love to get some feedback and some emails from my brothers and sisters all over the world in the United States and California and all over. Guys, reach out to me and let me know. You know, let me know what you think about the podcast if you have any ideas. Um, I want to get a guest. I want to get a guest and do some kind of interviewing or be a guest on somebody else's podcast, you know. That would be kind of cool. I do want to expand the podcast more. I'm going to start developing more on the YouTube platform, which is Alpha Male Buddhist in YouTube. I had an issue because they were taking some of my uh, content down. I was putting video on it and they were taking it down because I was infringing on like the dumbest shit. Who knows? Doesn't make any sense. But I'm going to find a workaround on that where I can, uh, you know, put some animation to my video so you can listen to it and have some visuals to go with it. So that's pretty much it. I want to thank you for listening. Namaste. 
Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.